Talking Travel for our sponsor, Travel on King, and Sally Lucas, Japan and some of the islands off Japan. Now, this sounds like an interesting destination. Well, I hope it is, Jane. I hope everyone enjoys this today. It's called A Day on Japan's Most Beautiful Bay. And Mark Harada, who is a travel writer, a regular travel writer, was the guest of the Japan National Tourist Organisation to go and expose him to these islands. And uh, he said it's like the stuff of legend amongst Japanese, but remains largely left alone by overseas tourists. And it's considered Japan's most stunning bay. And he he said, as he quoted himself saying, he left it feeling stunned. Hmm. He was absolutely amazed. So it's 260 islands that are, a lot. are covered in pines. Now, Matsushima is the name, and that is what it is in Japanese. Matsu is pines, and Isles is Shima. And so there you go. And it's all of the islands um, have got a romantic name because apparently in Japan they're ho- hopeless romantics, hapless or hopeless, whatever they are. And they've endowed each of them with a name and there's a story behind the name of every island. And like some of them are called, for example, uh, there's four islands with the best, considered to have the best views. One's called Magnificent View. The other one's called Beautiful View, Enchanting View and Grand View. And it's f- lovely to know what they mean, but they probably sound so wonderful yes, in Japanese Well, well. they do, yes. So can I'm not. I'm probably not saying this right. Riaikan, Yukan, Ikan. But anyway, but you can do lovely cruises, of course, all around these islands as well. Um, now, you're probably going to ask me where are these islands? Well, I will. They are. <laughs> thank you, Jane. They are north, slightly west. If you're going up the coast of Japan, um, you can go there by bullet train. Um, and you go into, it's the Miyagi Prefecture, of which the capital is Sendai. So you get your um, bullet train, which is about one and a half hours from Tokyo to Sendai, and then you change onto a local train, which will take you to the Matsushima local railway station. Um, So that's how you get there. And then they've got all these lovely, like, you know, how they have bridges and temples and there's red ones. And I was looking at some of the photos. If you get a chance to Google it, it looks absolutely stunning. And all the islands have different shapes, like the erosion of weather over time. They look like, to me, look sandstony. That sort of, it looks like to me. Um, But there's one like uh, called uh, Kabatujima, whose shape recalls a warrior's helmet. And another one is Kanajima, which is a name for crashing waves that sound like a ringing bell. Oh, how nice. Isn't it lovely? And Nanejima, whose four arches recall the holes in yin. But it's a sight to behold, he says, even without the names and legends. And the islands vary in size from a few uh, metres in circumference to several kilometres in circumference. So there's little tiny ones up to quite large ones. And they're renowned, as I just mentioned, for their eroded whitish rock faces and pine trees. Um, and you, it's a, the, the bright red bridges they have on them, and then they illuminate them at night. And you've got another island that's got the Godaido Temple, which has wonderful views overlooking the surrounding areas as well. And there's a hotel right on, on the mainland that you can stay at and overlook, where you can have Japanese-style accommodation or not, and also where you can have lovely spas, etc. So I'm thinking if you're wanting to go to Japan and do something a little bit different, this would be something lovely to incorporate. I mean, we've all heard of the cherry blossoms and Mount Fuji and Hiroshima, Osaka, Kyoto, etc. But, you know, this would be just something lovely to tack on to have a nice relaxing end to your stay in Japan. So just consider that. I think it's something worthwhile. 
Sounds excellent. Yes. Have I got time for one little thing? You definitely do. Um, we've talked about before, Jane, with visas now changing uh, the regulations for travel into South Africa, but it's also coming into effect now for Botswana as well. So these new rules are very similar that anyone under the age of 18, um, including non-residents and foreigners, um, they're considered minors and they have to produce certified copies of unabridged birth certificates in addition to valid passports. Um, if the parent isn't travelling with the child, then the other parent's affidavit consenting to travel has to be presented as well. However, they don't need an affidavit if, for example, the father's name doesn't appear on the birth certificate. So just check that if you need to. You can check through the Botswana High Commission in Canberra if you're not sure, uh, or check with your travel agent. But yes, just be very, very careful if you're now travelling into South Africa and Botswana with these new visa regulations. And Sally Lucas, visas, yeah, well, we need them, don't we, we do. when we want to go to places. And sometimes we don't, which is a good thing. So this is this is a good thing. Um, Qatar Airways, who is uh, flying you know, regularly out of Australia these days via Doha to various different destinations, um, they are now allowing up to 96 hours that you can have a what, what, transit visa, they're calling it, um, between flights, so long as you're flying on their airline. Um, all visas are granted at the sole discretion of the Qatari Ministry of Interior. But the reason they're doing it is to try and position the country as a tourist-friendly destination and attract more international visitors so they're not just transiting per se and just connecting on. They want you to spend some time there as well. So I think that's a good idea and of course that will encourage people if they don't have to pay because some visas are quite expensive. Yes they are. Quite expensive. So, so. do you need to organise that uh, well, specifically said, before you go? You or would you... need to um, when you book it. It came into effect from the 1st of November so I mean I haven't actually had to experience it myself but it'll be a question I'll be asking because I am flying them with them myself next year. so um, But I'm not actually stopping in Doha. But for anyone that is, obviously, we will check with Qatar Air, is there anything we need to do uh, you know, after we've issued the tickets in order for that to happen? Yeah. Maybe they've got to present something on arrival at the airport to get their transit visa. But we will look into that for them in due course. Um, something really nice, Jane. I always love little nice stories, as you know. I recently stayed at Thala Beach Nature Reserve um, up at Port Douglas. And it's a beautiful reserve up there with a resort in the middle of it. It's 58 hectares of unfenced native forest that was bought by the same couple that, I can't think how long ago they bought it now and developed the resort. But it's it's kept very, very natural and, you know, any animals that are there are free to roam. Well, they've got a, a, a wild wallaby that's, well, not as wild anymore, Apple the Wallaby, and she's got her own hashtag and she breaks hearts around the globe now. So it's really interesting, isn't it? And she's just given birth to a little Joey. So they've now got the challenge out there to find a name for Apple's Joey. So it's called Name the Joey Competition and they're encouraging fans to, to name her and the uh, competition runs till the 25th of November on Thala's Facebook page. But I've had a look at a photo of her. It's just gorgeous. She jumps up the steps every evening at the St. Roundabout between 5.36 and they feed her chunks of sweet potato. And now she's got this cute little wallaby popping its head out of her pouch. So, <laughs> obviously if good. <laughs> yeah, if you get a chance to go there, though, it's a gorgeous place to go. But you know, have a look at it on again on Google, as we all do. So, T H A L A Thala Beach Nature Reserve. It really is lovely. And lastly, but not leastly, Princess Cruises is offering the world's longest cruise in 2018. Oh, now that's got a, a few to beat, hasn't it? Hasn't it ever? So it's celebrating 10 years of world cruises from Australia, and which is a world journey we're announcing here, of course. And it's longest in what they consider their most exciting world cruise yet. It's 106 nights 
in wow. 2018. Wow. So it's a historic circumnavigation of the world, departing Sydney on 5 June in that year, visiting 40 destinations in 27 countries over a distance of 32,000 nautical miles, which is about one and a half times around the Earth. Mm. So Amazing. there you go. And they're, they're taking in, really, it is exciting, some of the ports they're going to, Jane, because they're taking in Greenland, Newfoundland and Eastern Canada, which that hasn't happened before on a world voyage. And, of course, the usual destinations like New York and Barcelona and Venice, etc. But, hey, if anyone's, those, there are people out there that just love being on a ship. So that would be something you might want to get in early and register. I would say that would book out. Mm-hmm. I really do think that will book out. So just keep that in mind if you're interested in doing that. Um, it's on sale now, and so you can, you can check that uh, with your travel agent. But the actual, they have opened the bookings already for sale. So I'd hop in there and take advantage of it. Mm. Fantastic. That's a third of a year. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. I hadn't thought of it like that, but it certainly is. So if you've got a third of a year spare, that might be the one for you. Time to look at the current hot deals in the travel marketplace. What's around, Sally? Heaps, Jane. How about a 15-night fly-stay cruise on the Norwegian sun from Rio down to Brazil, etc. You can fly from Australia to Rio, and then you have three nights there at the Copacabana Praia. Then you join the Norwegian Sun for a 10-night cruise that cruises all the way down the Brazilian coast and Uruguay down in uh, Montevideo, eventually into Buenos Aires and Argentina. Mm-hmm. Now, how about that? You can get an Ocean View cabin ex-Sydney, which means that's all meals on board, your three nights accommodation, your airfares and your taxes from under $3,000 per person. Mm-hmm. For, that's for an Ocean View cabin too. So fantastic value. It's only available, though, if you want to book it by till the 9th of November. Okay. Okay, so short period. Um, now, this is another one. It's a 14-night fly-stay cruise on the Norwegian Spirit. Now, this is a Mediterranean cruise. Again, return flights from here, going into Barcelona, and then you do Valencia, Palma Mallorca, uh, you go into Marseille. Uh, Livorno, so you can get into Florence, Pisa region, uh, Civitavecchia, which is your port for Rome, Naples, so you can get to Pompeii, uh, Messina, Valletta, and back to Barcelona, and there you go. That's mm. a fantastic itinerary as well. Ocean view from Sydney again, all of that under 3,000, and you've got till the 30th of November to book that one. And finally, there's a 25-night one on the MSC Orchestra. Now, this is from Buenos Aires. Again, you fly into Buenos Aires, but you're doing what they call their, one of those relocation voyages when they go back to cruise Europe. So they've done down the bottom of the world. They're going back to the mid. And it's a 25-night cruise, and you'll end up in Rome at the end of it. But from Buenos Aires, you'll actually go through Recife in Brazil, and then you go to Santa Cruz de Tenerife uh, in Spain, of course, to Cadiz, Malaga, Palma de Mallorca, and then Valletta in Malta, Messina, Italy, Civitavecchia, where you finish. Fantastic itinerary, Jane, if someone wants to do something like that. Again, your air, etc. And that's uh, under $4,000 for 25 nights, so great mm-hmm. value. Um, if you want to do a short stay of the Amazon, a, a cruise, I'm sort of sticking more with cruising this week, Jane. Um, there's an Amazon Discovery Expedition cruise with contours. It's just a little four-day one that really immerses you in the Peruvian Amazon and Iquitos, and it's just a 44-passenger vessel that was 
um, started commencing operation, I think, October last year. And it's called the Amazon Discovery. And it's a luxury vessel that just takes 44 people. And you do an incredible itinerary from Iquitos, of course, doing all that wonderful, um, you know, Amazonian river and spotting the, hopefully, those funny little um, long snout and no dorsal fin pink dolphins. and oh, all, yes. Yeah, and all sorts of amazing creatures that you visit. And that's um, 16 43 roughly Australian dollars for that four-day. And I just thought for Australia, why don't we have something on Australian cruising? Festive fun on the Murray Princess. So you've done nothing yet about Christmas. It's coming close and you think, oh, I really want to get away. So how about a relaxing holiday along the beautiful Murray River? Captain Cook Cook Cruises have a seven-night Christmas cruise departing on Friday the 23rd of December or a three-night New Year's Eve cruise, if you wish, departing Friday the 30th of December. Um, now, they're going to do wonderful things for you on board here. You'll have traditional Christmas lunches and activities, Christmas carols, eggnog, and, of course, a visit from Santa with presents for all the guests. Um, the New Year's Eve cruise includes a spectacular New Year's Eve dinner, and then you also have a wonderful evening filled with music, dancing, and fun. You get, to, of course, to go ashore you get to see the wildlife, you have barbecues on on the bank, you have wonderful starlit nights out on deck. So if you haven't thought about Christmas or New Year, maybe the Murray might be for you. There's some pretty spectacular scenery along there too. And at the moment, I think it's got a lot of water in it. It's because of all the rain they've had down south. So. Might have a little bit much at the moment. Well, I, hopefully, I think it has, actually. I was listening to someone the other day where they had to do a cruise on the Darling, um, the Murray you know, had too much water in it, but I think by Christmas, hopefully, it would have I would think it'll be eased off. Dry. So I think it would be just something lovely to do. So we've done all the cruising things today, Jane, but there's certainly a wide variety out there. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.